starting this uh, study, uh, Living by Faith, in the book of Hebrews, and then we left Hebrews to go to 2 Corinthians uh, just for a moment and, uh, and uh, talk a little bit about sight versus faith, faith versus sight, living by faith and not by sight. But we want to go back to uh, Hebrews 11 tonight and uh, look at uh, verse 4. Someone has said, a faith that cannot be tested cannot be trusted. A faith that cannot be tested cannot be trusted. Uh, there's going to be times when your faith will be tried, will be tested. Uh, it will be those moments that reveal the true strength of your faith in God. Uh, in other words, a faith that costs you nothing accomplishes nothing. But those moments will come at a cost to you personally. It's interesting that the first life we'll study here in Hebrews, as we move our way through this great chapter of faith, is a man who's known for giving an offering to God. The story we read about in Genesis chapter 4 and verses 1 through 8. Uh, if we want to turn back to Genesis chapter 4, and probably be good for us to just go ahead and read that as, as background, uh, for what we're talking about here, even though we're in Hebrews. Genesis 4, beginning in verse 1, it says, And Adam knew Eve his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought the fruit of the ground and offering unto the Lord, and Abel he also brought of the firstlings of his flock, and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering he did not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt not thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door." And unto thee shall be his desire, and be thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass, when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. Now, God had given a commandment to bring a, a sin offering of blood. No offering, other offering would be accepted. Uh, God had clearly spelled out his commandment to the family, and uh, Cain chose not to bring what God commanded. Uh, he brought what he thought was acceptable. God rejected Cain's and accepted Abel's. So as a result, uh, Cain got upset. He got mad. He got angry, and he killed Abel. Uh, suppose that solved anything? No, it certainly didn't. And here we find God bearing witness to the fact that while Cain despised his brother and the commandments of God, Abel did not. He had faith in God's word. He obeyed it without hesitation. And God is looking today for 21st century believers who will be willing to offer by faith what has been commanded by the Lord. We have commands in the Bible for monetary offerings, that is money. Uh, we have commands for spiritual offerings. 
prayer and praise and worship and thanksgiving. Uh, we have offer of physical offerings. Uh, uh, we have passages that talk about giving our time and our service and uh, winning souls for Christ. Remember the words that James wrote in James chapter 2, verse 18 through 20. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, what faith without works is dead? <clears throat> now, spoken faith is vanity compared to living faith. What is to be offered by faith? What does it cost the believer to live by faith? And we want to look at uh, three building blocks that are necessary to construct a faith that is prepared to offer willingly to the Lord. Notice the first one is the object of our faith offering. The object of our faith offering. What is being given and to whom is it being given? Now, Abel did not exercise his faith in order to build himself. He had a different motive altogether. His motive was to bring pleasure to the Lord with his life. And so, as we look at this particular uh, aspect of the uh, offering, the object, we are to give a portion of ourselves. Abel's offering was personal. God's not interested in how much we present as he is in how much we withhold. The Lord desires much more than a feeble offering. God is aiming for your heart. Uh, we think of David. Uh, David committed two very grievous sins. He committed the sin of adultery and of murder. Uh, the law has a provision for adultery, but for murder there was no sacrificial provision. Uh, there was nothing that David could offer to the Lord. Now we remember what he said in Psalm 51 in his confession. In verse 16, he said, For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. Now, this is what pleased the Lord when the Macedonians gave an offering. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, uh, verse 3, it says, For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power they are willing of themselves, praying uh, us with much entreaty that we should receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. Uh, we think of what the Gospels say in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And then Colossians chapter 3 it says in verse 1, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on the things of the earth. So when we speak of an offering of faith, uh, God is not concerned with receiving an offering, 
as much as he is with receiving a little more of you. He wants your affection. Uh, He wants your attention. He wants your adoration. He wants your trust. And he wants your faith in him. So the object of our faith offering is given to give a portion of ourselves. Secondly, it's a presentation to the Father. A presentation to the Father. The Bible says that Abel offered the sacrifice unto God. Now, this was not an offering of faith made to appease a strong leader or given to a church or given to a denomination or given to save the whales. It was one that was given to God. Uh, faith offerings that please the Lord are always given unto him. In Psalm uh, Psalm 27 and verse 6, it says, And now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. How many times do we give offerings unto something or someone other than the Lord? You know, sometimes uh, uh, we... We think about, you know, how uh, there's so many appeals to give. You know, this yesterday was supposed to be Giving Tuesday. Well, we get you know, all from all directions people want us to give. Uh, and I suppose there are some good things that uh, we could give to. But the most important place we can give is to the Lord. So the object of faith is a portion of self and a presentation to God. Notice, secondly, the measure of our faith offering. What is the makeup of a true offering of faith given unto the Lord? What does God look for in a more excellent sacrifice? What made Abel's offering more acceptable than Cain's? Well, first of all, we measure by sacrifice. It's measured by sacrifice. It cost Abel something to continue living by faith. He had to raise, he had to love, he had to care for the best of his flock, only to take it to the altar and offer it to the Lord. And it was in this sacrificial spirit that our offering, uh, that our faith should be truly measured. Romans 14, 23 says, And he that doubteth is damned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. You know, some preachers like to say, well, if you don't believe God, just try God. See if he isn't faithful. Uh, Well, I believe it does more harm than good with statements like that. Don't try God, trust God. See? You know, it's not a bumper sticker. Try Jesus. No, don't try Jesus. Just trust him. Hebrews 11.6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Faith is pleasing to God as a sacrificial, as is always sacrificial in spirit. Again, when Jesus observed the offerings uh, being given in the temple, uh, he took note, not of the largest amount, but uh, uh, he uh, took note of uh, how it was given. Remember in Mark chapter 12, 
There's the, the account of Jesus sitting over by the treasury. He's watching as people are casting their money into the treasury. Uh, many that were rich, they gave a lot. Uh, then there was this poor widow, and she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. And uh, he motioned over to his disciples, he said, Come, and, and he saith to them, Verily I say unto you, This poor widow hath cast more in than all they, they which have cast into the treasury. For they did cast in their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. Uh, someone has said that uh, God is not looking for equal giving, but equal sacrifice. We always sacrificed to that which is important to us. Remember, um, there was a crash in 1982. It was in, in uh, the Potomac River, Air Florida, Flight 90. Uh, it crashed into the Potomac River, and initially six people survived that crash. I think about this as we just kind of did some flying, you know. <laughs> we flew from Minneapolis. We are supposed to go to Charlotte, but they rerouted us because we were, it was delayed. And so we went to New York. It's the first time we've ever been in New York. Uh, saw the Empire State Building. Is that flying over? There it is down there. And uh, uh, so we're thinking kind of this, uh, this a little bit. And, uh, but this particular time... Uh, People were seen in the water. Some were clinging to the tail of the airplane. So a helicopter was brought in and hovered over the survivors, lowering a, lowering a lifeline in a flotation ring, and the craft could only handle one person at a time. And each time the helicopter returned and lowered the line, uh, one of those in the water, uh, uh, one of those in the water, a man who was described as balding, probably in his 50s, kind of an extravagant mustache. He kept passing the line on to one of the others in the water. Later found out that this man's name was Arlen Williams. And uh, when the other five had been rescued, the chopper returned for him, but he had gone under the water, and he'd become another victim of the crash. And one of the rescuers in the helicopter later said, in a mass casualty, you'll find people like him. But he said, I've never seen one with such commitment. He kept passing the line on to someone else. And finally, he uh, uh, didn't make it. The man in the water could have not have anticipated this tragedy, uh, nor the, the important role that he had in it. But there must have been some earlier commitments in his life to uh, such things as caring, and being selfless, uh, equipping him to keep passing that line to others when his own terror, I'm sure, was crying out for him, I've got to take that line. No, he kept giving it to someone else. And what commitments do we have? What kind of commitments in our relationship to the Lord that would cause us to sacrifice to the Lord? Our faith Offering is measured by our sacrifice. Secondly, our, uh, we, it's measured by excellence. Uh, Abel's offering was an excellent offering, an excellent sacrifice, because it was an obedient sacrifice. 
Cain's sacrifice was rejected because his sacrifice, his offering, was not in obedience, not according to the direction that God had given. And so in order for man's sin to be covered during the Old Testament, God made provision for sacrifices. And according to the law, sin must be atoned with blood. Uh, It's the only acceptable sacrifice. And so until the promised Messiah would come and take away sin, God's people had to cover their sin with substitutional sacrifices of blood. Abel brought a substitutional blood sacrifice. Cain brought a works sacrifice. Now, understand that God is not a respecter of persons. He did not like or love Abel more than Cain. He loved them both. And uh, so uh, he accepted them, or accepted Abel, based on his obedience. 1 Peter 1.17 says, If you call on the Father who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. And with God, it always boils down to obedience. God always honors obedience, and he dishonors disobedience. We read there in Genesis chapter 4 how that uh, Abel was obedient and Cain was disobedient. So we need to be warned. We cannot appease uh, God with a show of offering, but it must be one that's obedient uh, as we are obedient to the moving of the Spirit in our lives. The object of our faith is a portion of ourselves and a presentation to the Father. The measure of our faith is by sacrifice and by excellence. And thirdly, the witness of our faith offering. A life of faith is not bound by its lifespan here on earth. When we offer unto God through faith, we bear witness to the Lord. And it doesn't go unnoticed. Notice, we are his people. We sacrifice that which is important to us. We always are willing to are always willing to hurt when it is something that's dear to our hearts. You know, when someone is willing to go without so others can hear the gospel, uh, so that missionaries can plant churches or local churches can take steps of faith, it is a witness that we are truly the righteous uh, God's people. Luke 5, 27 says, And after these things he went forth and saw a publican named Levi sitting at the receipt of custom, and he said unto him, Follow me, and he left all. He rose up and followed him. I think about this in the day in which we live. We haven't, you've heard this uh, kind of an illustration, no doubt, before, but it seems to become becoming more realistic in the day in which we live because it could very be, could very well be that we, it becomes illegal to be a Christian. So if it's illegal to be a Christian, if that law was passed, uh, and, and the, in the fact that you went to church is not admissible. If you went to church, as you appeared before the, the judge, uh, or if you went to court and you said, well, I go to church, that wouldn't be admissible. So what other evidence could the prosecuting attorney have to convict you of being a Christian? Or are you giving your defense attorney more evidence than the prosecutor? 
or are you giving your defense attorney more evidence than the prosecutor? Uh, you know, the uh, defense might say, well, he goes soul winning. Well, so do the Jehovah Witness. Uh, so do the Mormons. So do the cable companies. They go door to door. You know, you say, well, he prays. So do the Muslims. So do the Buddhists and the Hindus. Prayer is not necessarily a mark of Christianity. Well, he owns a Bible. Well, there's a Bible, and they're becoming fewer and fewer. You don't find them very often, but there once was a Bible in every hotel room in America. Hard to find them now. So the prosecutor digs deeper. Well, he lives a holy life. I present ex, uh, Exhibit A. Look at his movie con collection. Hmm. Holy life? I'm not sure about that. Well, my client is moral. I present Exhibit B. Let's look at his wardrobe, his boyfriend and his or his girlfriend. How about his Facebook account? How about his friends? How about the worldly advices that he has? Well, but he's honest. Okay, let's look at his tax return. Let's look at his time card at work. He sacrifices. Well, let's look at his habits, his entertainment, his pleasures. Lots of things, but not for God. So what witness do you have that you're one of God's people? You see, all these things sound like I would use some of those things as evidence. But others could use the same thing. And it doesn't mean they would be convicted. So what we sacrifice to the Lord when we live through faith and by obedience, we prove that we are indeed his people. Secondly, we are his prophets. The Bible says that Abel's influence lived past his death. In the Bible, a prophet is not only one who foretells, but one who is forthtelling. And Abel's testimony of faith in his offering, a more excellent offering unto God, is still speaking while his own tongue has been silent for nearly the lifespan of the earth. Now, it would be my desire that our church would not just make a difference in this generation, just not this group of people, but the generation to come, children, grandchildren, uh, their children. You know, an offering of our lives should bear witness both now and in generations to come. Uh, the young men and the young women that would go out and plant churches, the couples who would love and honor God, the teenagers who would choose God over the world. And while all around us, the media, the movie, the entertainment industries are thriving and growing, so will God's people stand as a living testimony of a living God in heaven. And even when we're dead and gone, we're being dead yet speaketh. How do we build that kind of testimony? We do it by an offering of our faith, by putting what we believe to practice. Living through faith in God will lead us to sacrifice for the Lord. The object of our faith offering, a portion of self and presentation to God, the measure of our faith offering by sacrifice and excellence, the witness of our faith offering, we are his people and his prophets. 
And our lives should go on as a witness, as a testimony in, in generations to come. If God so uh, chooses to, uh, to not come uh, anytime soon. Living by faith. Well, that's a, uh, the offering of faith is what we wanted to look at here tonight. And I trust that uh, we'll consider these things uh, in our lives. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for your word. Thank you that we can come and just to open the word of God for a few moments tonight and, and see the blessings of what it means to live by faith. And we pray, Lord, that uh, there would be uh, the evidence in our lives to convict us of truly being one of yours and uh, that our testimony will continue on to our children, to our grandchildren, to their children, and on and on as we live by faith. Bless our prayer time now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.